website insurexstory.com and we are available on Spotify, Apple, Google and Amazon Music. Today we will discuss on the topic how traditional brokers can embrace technological innovations. And for that I'm delighted to welcome our guest Harprem Tua who is the founder at Easy Digital based in Bangkok. Harprem, a warm welcome to the show and it would be really great if you could kindly you know introduce yourself for our listeners what you do what's your background and what made you start Easy Digital. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Uh just a quick background about myself. So my name is uh, Arprem. You can call me Prem. Uh you know, I founded a previous company called Frank, uh which was an online insurance broker. Uh we specialize in selling insurance products online end to end from start from customer acquisition all the way to policy issuance. And we were one of we were one of the first to do that in uh, Southeast Asia. Um we connected with almost 15 different insurance companies for 10 different products online end to end. Um and eventually we exited that company to Boltech um in 2020 so i you know i built spent 5 years building it exited to Boltech uh, which is one of the largest insurtechs in the world yep, and yep. we were one of their first acquisitions so i was one of their first team members on the ground um globally actually because we were one of the first acquisitions uh you know in fact when they acquired us the name Boltech didn't even exist yet it was still a project name internal project name uh yeah so this is okay. like a very early days of the company Yeah, um, I stayed on with them for two more years. Yeah. 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 Stayed on with them for two more years uh working as their chief disruption officer and head of the Chortech exchange in Thailand. Um mm-hmm. and eventually uh decided to leave the company and go back to my entrepreneurship uh roots again. And this is how Easy Digital uh essentially came forth. Okay, interesting. So your previous company of course uh it's primarily on the brokerage side as well. So did you have any specific vertical to focus on? I started off with motor insurance but quickly you know uh, expanded to property uh, fire travel health uh, critical illnesses um, and everything else in the general insurance space we also then got our life insurance brokerage license mm-hmm. and started getting into partnership with a few life insurance companies as well that was a little bit harder to sell so we tried to focus more on the easier selling items for online sales like trial uh, like health insurance and critical illness and personal accident which are still in both in the life and non-life category mm-hmm. uh but yeah. it was easier to sell online yeah no, absolutely absolutely so shino prem um as per today's agenda my first question to you is in navigating the intersection of traditional or rather the traditional way of doing businesses in the insurance sector uh, especially in the broker side and technology how can traditional insurance brokers effectively integrate and leverage technological innovations to enhance their client services and thereby streamline their operations i mean we do talk about in you know, a lot of technology intersection how the insurance companies as the you know the buyers or the insurers in general or the middleman like brokers they can you know leverage technologies and uh, you know improve threefold their uh businesses etc efficiency and so on and so forth but broker brokers as a you know they, they have a very interesting business model it's not the usual as we understand right so it'll be very much interesting to understand how this particular segment can leverage technology innovations yeah i think this question is like you know right down uh, my alley because i was you know from personal experience when i yeah. started uh, frank 
uh, we started off uh, as a traditional broker. Uh, essentially, when you first get a license from the OIC or the organization that you know oversees all insurance products and sales in uh, Thailand, they didn't have any regulation or any sort of framework around digital sales of insurance policy. So they didn't really care. So we were like, okay, so can we do this? Can we do that? And soon we realized asking permission didn't make sense because they didn't have any framework. The answers were always no. Uh, not that it was against the regulation. It was just that there was no regulation behind it. So we started having to essentially start from scratch, convincing uh, insurance companies that, you know, selling online works and it's possible and you should open up your APIs to us. Even that was a difficulty in the initial stages where most insurance companies were not actually willing to give us the APIs for product quotation even. They were worried that we were gonna scrape all their product pricing and reverse engineer their uh, risk calculations and give it to someone else. And you know, it's, it's funny when you think about it now, like you know, seven, eight years down the line where APIs are a must have for any insurance companies. But back then it was a very different story. So. Coming from that side, you know, if a traditional broker wanted to do it then versus now, it's very different. Now, there is it, it's, it's a lot more well known. To some extent, customers have also been trained a lot more to understand that these products can be purchased online. And it always starts off with the simple stuff, right? So travel insurance, for example, uh, previously was always, you know, 10 years ago was always through agents. And now you wouldn't even think about going to an agent to buy travel insurance. It's just such an intuitive thing to go online to get it straight away. What's not intuitive right now is for the other product categories yet, the higher basket stuff, the, you know, motor insurance, fire insurance, health insurance, and things like that. They're still very much tied to brokers. And I think that's just going to keep changing and changing and eventually will be online. So it always has to start from somebody's got to be the pioneer there. Somebody's got to be the one pushing for change and getting customers to know that. And it's not just in the insurance industry. You have to understand that this was a problem in retail as well. Uh, you have to have companies like Amazon, Alibaba, Lazada, Rocket Internet Group, and all these guys spending millions and millions of dollars to educate people to tell them that you can actually buy all of your retail products online, uh, not just offline. And, you know, it's it's the same thing. It's just a different industry. So do you, do you see this trend, you know, differ? Uh, you know, to a greater extent in the Asian region. I mean, of course, if you see the West, it's the dynamics are certainly different. Um, you know, driven by, of course, the young generations, the uh, accessibility of internet, and so on and so forth. But how do you see it's happening in the Asian region? I, I don't. I think the Asian region sort of lags behind the West by almost like you know ten to fifteen years, and that that gap is decreasing definitely. We're getting to the point where it's it's a lot uh, quicker now, but um, in the insure tech space specifically, that gap was still very much there because it's not just about the the methodology of buying, whether they're buying it online or not. It's about the insurance penetration overall in the Asian region. It's not as high as in the West. So you, you've got a two-step barrier there. You got, yeah. you know, the organizations and all the insurance companies and all the governing bodies are first trying to just convince people that they need to buy insurance. And then you got to get them to convince them that, okay, now that we've convinced you that you need insurance, we got to convince you to go through this channel and buy it online. So I think a lot of Asian countries are still very much bogged down on the first barrier, and that's where they're spending their biggest amounts of you know time and effort to get that done first. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, buying the, 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 the concept of real 
purchase of an insurance policy be it in a sachet format or you know even for an annual and so on and so forth really going online and then you know using aggregators to compare your policies it's increasing but it's definitely not the way how it should be we still as humans you know especially the mentality in the asian side of it right and the belief is really on talking to a physical agent to really understand the pros and cons and you know discuss your side of the story and then go ahead and make a purchase decision i think more and more this changes and things will be much more easier of course both the broker and the insurer and the you know of course uh, the end user all three players has a big role to play in it it, it goes hand in hand i believe yeah and, and you know a lot of these issues don't just stem from the fact that people are not buying it online and they're saying no we need to speak to, a, to an agent it could even stem from the fact that the you know the core product design that people are trying to sell online was not designed to be sold online it was actually designed to be explained and designed to give uh, to be sold offline and, and that makes a huge difference right when you yeah. have a product designed to be sold online it's going to be a lot simpler. It's going to be very, uh, very intuitive to understand all the terms and conditions, very see, easy to understand all the coverages and where they're lying and where the gaps are, where the holes are, and easily to compare with other packages of similar, pa you know, similar styles as well. But the moment when, you know, if you just stick to the same core uh, understanding that, no, it should be this way, it should be just like this, uh, the way it was done before and trying to sell that online, it seldom works. It's not the channel that's wrong. It's the product's yeah. not suited for the channel. And that's a very... That's a big misconception uh, that a lot of people have when they try. Like you know, you get a lot of big organizations, uh, insurance organizations, yeah. trying to sell their products online and saying online doesn't work for us. We tried it. We spent millions of dollars marketing it. We got so many leads, but at the end of the day, all of it had to be sold offline through agents and call center. It's because the product that you're selling is not designed for it, and that's a you know, it's, yeah. it, you have to get them to understand that as well. No, you know, that's a very valid point you've said. Said that you know the design of the product and i really believe you know a lot of the experiences you know that needs to go online particularly purchasing a uh, insurance policy has a lot of connection with the ultimate claims process which also needs to go online and has to be much more smoother smoother and you know quick is with respect to this turnaround time right because we as people if you believe that you know when we are claiming for an insurance for you know whatever the case may be, if it is happening online in a much more quicker process, we really automatically get that belief of purchasing the same online. But here is not the case, right? We still believe that you know for the claims process, unless unless we have a personal touch with the agent or the insurance provider, it's it's not going to take place. It's not going to happen at the end of the day, and that's what gives us that curiosity. Why not first get get an into an engagement with the person who is selling me the product and that would actually you know give me that feel that okay in case i need to claim this particular person is the only point of contact who can help me out get the claim right otherwise doing it everything online where there's no interaction with the human i don't know what is happening what the bot is telling me and so on and so forth that real belief doesn't happen just because of the you know incorrect way of things happening in the claims process. No, it's, it's very true. It's, it's, you know, if you go back to the nature and, you know, just the, the subliminal messaging behind that is like, it's fear if, you know, whether I'm getting my money's worth or not. And that yeah. tends to increase as the basket price, a basket of the product that you're buying becomes higher. Absolutely. So life insurance, when you're paying product for products that are, you know, $4,000, $5,000 a year or even higher, 
uh, you're going to want to speak to somebody because you're investing a lot of money into it, right? It's very seldom you go and buy an online purchase with that high basket size, unless you've already seen it on before and know it before. And this is not a phenomenon just with insurance. This is also with offline traditional products. A lot of people who want to buy an iPhone online or a Samsung online will either you know read reviews of people who've touched it and held it in their hands to get that experience or will walk into a store and feel it for themselves and if they like it then they'll go purchase it online um tvs refrigerators all these big items are the same thing it's it's all identical and what i found from my previous company uh when i was running the brokerage was that there was a sweet spot in asian markets um, any item that was below 150 us dollars in terms of cover you know uh, premium amount was easy to sell online. Anything above that, the the conversion rates for online sales started deteriorating very, very quickly. And that's when you have to have a call center team to catch that uh, lost opportunity and try to convert them. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. So my following question to you is, Prem, as technology continues to reshape this landscape of the insurance industry, what specific challenges do traditional brokers face in adopting new tools and platforms? And, you know, also with respect to strategies, if I look at what strategies can be employed to overcome such challenges? I think for a traditional brokerage, one of the main things that has to, you know, get uh, get them started in this online journey is it's as simple as getting their customer information and their previous leads online. So if you look at the top of the funnel for any sales organization, it's always going to be leads and leads management. And if that can... If that part of it is not even online yet, the rest of it is going to be very difficult to get online or kind of useless as well. Um, yep. So for an organization like that, a simple thing, you know, a very practical thing to do would be maybe get a simple CRM system. Start inputting all of your customer information online, put in their expiry dates, put in their birthdays, put in all the information that you have about them, how many policies they have with you. You'll start understanding and seeing your customers a lot more uh, than you do right now. And when you start seeing those trends and you start understanding the customers a lot more, um, and maybe you find out that, you know, one customers have, you know, multiple policies with you just with different uh, salespeople or with different members in your organization that you never even knew before, that's when you start, you know, you can start implementing other marketing strategies. You can start doing other things along the funnel, uh, lower end of the funnel to improve your sales process. But it always starts with the basic things. For me, I feel it's lead management. Yeah, yeah, but do you think it 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 can be you know the the or rather the trend can be similar in uh, various uh, geographies of the Asian region? I think so. I, I definitely think so. Look, it, you know, um, organizations that are brokerages um, just in the Asian region, majority of them are very, very, still very, very manual. They're doing things on paper. They're doing um, everything by you know, writing down our notepad and, you know, forget about brokerages. I've seen insurance companies that sell hundreds of millions of dollars a year still do everything very, very manually. And the only time they input anything into a system is when they need to issue a policy. But if we ask them for information along the signs of like leads, opportunities, quotations, they wouldn't have any of that data because none of it is tracked. Only the policy issued are sent to the core system. So that's why I say, you know, if you start at the top of the funnel and you start digitizing from there down, it makes it a lot easier because it's you're building the entire funnel from the top to the bottom in a digital way. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. So, you know, with InsurTech startups disrupting the industry, how can traditional brokers stay competitive and relevant? And what are the key technological advancements that brokers should 
prioritize to not only survive but thrive in this evolving market? You know, it's a it's a it's a big question. It's not going to work for everyone, but I think that you know, as a broker, one thing that you can already do to differentiate yourself is you have those human resources available. Uh, I'm assuming a traditional broker obviously has the human resources. Um, you need to leverage that advantage to the best of your ability, but you got to make them as efficient as possible as well. Um, and that's one thing that is uh, that I firmly believe in. I don't believe technology is a tool that should be replacing uh, people. I think it's a tool that should be enhancing the people that you already have or enhancing uh, certain yeah. functionalities to make them a lot more efficient and a lot more optimized. Um, so if you're a broker, you already have people who've been working you for years and you've been working, you know, you, you have the trends, you've, you've got the customers, you've got your, your core business. You're, I'm sure you're profitable as well as a broker. It's not going to be an unprofitable business. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it for this long. It's you know, very unlikely a traditional broker is a startup. Um, yeah, you have these things. Why not start uh, just simply trying to figure out a way to make every single resource of yours more efficient? by getting them to convert older customers or getting them to understand what trends they are with their own sales cycles and everything like that as well. Um, that's, that's for me, it's like, it's a very basic first step and a very basic tool. And going back to what I said earlier with CRMs, right? When yep. you have that data, you can start enhancing that human touch that you always had with your customers. Because one thing brokers do very well is build that relationship with their customer. Um, one thing they don't do very well is maintain that relationship throughout the year. They only talk to their customers at points of sales or at times when they need to uh, collect money from the customer. And that could hinder and hurt the relationship as well. Or it mm -hmm. could keep the relationship very platonic, meaning it makes, it makes the customer always feel that you're only calling me when you need money. So it's a very transactional relationship. Um, I think brokers need to leverage that human touch a little bit more and CRMs yeah. could definitely help with that to start engaging with their customers a lot more and building more of a relationship with their customers that other online players can't just steal away because of a lower price. It's, it's yeah. the core competency, yeah. right? If you look at any business, you look at the unique selling points that what you have, as a broker, you have the human touch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, anything I, I you know, you can, touch upon from the customer experience side that they could be really, you know, uh, close the gap or do something more to actually be more competitive when it comes to, you know, competing with the InsurTechs in general. It's, that's the tough part, right? Um, you know, majority of the InsurTechs are competing on lead acquisition. Yeah. Um, now, whether they're acquiring the leads uh, through digital uh, channels like Facebook and Google, which is you know direct to consumer, or are they acquiring the leads from partnership program that they're able to close, such as you know with Shopee, Lazada, with uh, Flipkart, or whatever other B two B two C methodologies that they have? That's still at the end of the day a customer acquisition. That's where a lot of insurtechs are actually competing at the moment. Now, for a broker to compete with that, it, you have to look at what their skill sets are. They're not going to be able to outspend. Uh, an insure tech or a startup in that sort of sense. Um, a lot of insure techs and startups are actually willing to lose a lot of money along the way to gain those customers, right? So for a, bro a traditional broker or a traditional company that's been running and prof operating profitably, most likely a family business where they rely on the income to pay for everything, they're not going to be willing to lose money uh, to be able to do any of these activities. And that's, you know, it, it makes it difficult for them to fight on the customer acquisition costs and the lead generation part. So you got to work harder and more on retaining, but something else, retaining your existing base, 
using the human touch, using your relationship with your existing customers. And you got to leverage that existing base of customers to maybe even get referrals. So yep. maybe something you can do is do a referral program where you can help get your customers to recommend other customers um, at a much lower acquisition cost. And it's, it's a known fact that a referral lead, gen, you know, it converts at almost three to four times higher than lead generated from a social media channel. So therefore, even though there is a customer acquisition cost now uh, with the referral generation, it's going to be lower than acquiring a lead compared to an insure tech. And you're going to be able to convert that a lot higher because it comes from one of your existing customers. So therefore, your team, when they're converting, that's also going to get more efficient as well. So yep. you have to think of these tactics and ways to be able to beat out these um, insure techs. I think another strategy that could potentially even work is, you know, go where the insure techs aren't. A lot of insure techs are not able to close corporate deals or business deals or SMEs because it, unlike the regular direct-to-consumer where you can go through a B2B2C partnership or direct-to-consumer marketing, uh, B2Bs don't buy the same way. And SMEs don't buy the same way as well. So that's a gap. And that's something that a lot of insurance techs have struggled by themselves. So, you know, traditional brokers actually are very strong in this space. And you look at the likes of, you know, Marsh, Lockton, and all these big corporate traditional brokerages are still very, very much strong on these spaces and uh, are do very, very well and very, very profitable because of these kind of uh, yeah. clients that they have. Absolutely. Of course, they have, they also, you know, over the years, they have built their brand value, which is being recognized in the market. And with respect to their, you know, huge list of clientels and the strong uh, market domination, plays a lot of, you know, importance in the way they have operate and do customer acquisitions. And I think, you know, another point to add to that is also how best they can leverage customer feedback uh, to address any pain points, which, you know, I, I actually, you know, believe at least the young in short text, the tech savvy one are really, you know, nailing those, the, how they can use technology to actually address customer pain points. And that is something, you know, the traditional way of operation in the insurance sector needs to learn. Um, I, you know, I agree with that, but, but there are a lot of pain points to address as well, right? I think the insurance yeah. is addressing just some of the pain points. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, one of the big pain points that they're addressing is convenience and speed. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there, there are a lot of other pain points out there. And as the higher, you know, the, the different types of product categories and the different basket sizes of products also means there are different, ba different pain points. Not all of them have the same pain point. Um, so you, you need to really click your, you know, pick your niche, pick your target segment and serve them as well as you can understand them. If you understand them and know them very, very well, then you'll be able to understand their point, point, pain points and solve for it. Um, and, you know, you have the luxury to do it a little bit better than an insure tech because most insure techs try to go very wide. They try to yeah. cast a very wide net to get the volumes and to get the the large scale of uh, selling to hundreds and thousands or millions of customers at the same time. So they're not going to be able to pick out a specific niche or solve those problems. They're going to cast a wide net. You're just going to have to cast a different type of net that is, is a little bit more niche, a little bit smaller within your space and zone that you can defend absolutely i mean fantastic thoughts and you know thank you for the takeaways at the end which is really relevant for the listeners and i believe the insurance decision makers in the brokerage space will find this really really valuable um, for their you know understanding and of course the end user benefit and with that thank you prem a fantastic discussion thank you for sharing your thoughts today and a true delight to have you as our guest 
thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a really fun conversation as well. I, I, I especially like that you helped uh, add on some of your, of your opinions and uh, tidbits as well. Yeah, I mean, it was a great discussion and brokerage is a very interesting space in the insurance industry, you know, and really love to hear your perspectives on the technology integration. Um, and yeah, lastly, to wrap this up, thank you for listening to the Insurance Story podcast and for being here, of course. See you at our next episode. Take care and stay safe. Goodbye for now.